Episode of Off the Record. My name is James Beatley. I am the host today. We got a good, good episode planned for you. Um, if you listened to the last episode and you weren't offended and you're still here and you've subscribed and liked and will share this episode, thank you for coming back. If you're new here uh, and this is your first time hearing me, welcome for joining Off the Record. Um, for those new guests, if there are any, let me just briefly say what the goal of this podcast is to just spit my opinion on certain topics, uh, usually sports related, but sometimes they delve into politics and ethics and, and stuff like that, as was last episode where I probably should have been, will be, could have been canceled if my audience was large enough, but I, I'm I'm not dumb. I know the audience is small for the podcast right now. We're growing. That's great. 2022 is almost half over, but we're getting we're getting going here in 2022. Today's episode, a topic I want to talk about, kind of like a my opinion on the status or the state of where the NFL is going, um, and some of this was turned around, brought upon the news today that. Debo Samuel, the um, dual threat, multi-use positional athlete for the San Francisco 49ers is basically disgruntled that he is a wide receiver mixed with a running back, and that's kind of his role. He wants to be a wide receiver one, and he wants wide receiver one money. And so he's asked the 49ers to trade him, um, and the 49ers in return have said they've wanted a, quote, king's ransom in return for Debo Samuel. I think, honestly, though, as we get further along in the year, and maybe into next season's, um, next year's offseason, after next year's Super Bowl, we could see Debo traded, and they may have to settle for a little bit less than what they were in, uh, originally intending to get for him. And... I think we ha- we're in a state now in the NFL where we're, we're kind of at the point where a couple years ago we started noticing the NBA, um, their, their salary caps just skyrocketed. The popularity of the NBA and the revenue the NBA brought in was so astronomically high that they, they lifted, they put the salary cap at a number that was outrageous to think about and, and and now in the NBA you see like role players sixth men seventh man you know 10 minute off the bench guys getting 30 million dollars a year and and return your stars are getting 60 to 70 million dollars a year with incentives and things like that and that was because the salary cap was allowing 
teams to essentially build a a a super squad if they could fit them within the salary cap ranges and you see teams now the NBA where you have maybe two starters that are you know average or rookies or about to be stars and and they're on rookie deals or they're on a kind of like a, a bridge deal between their rookie deal and between the, where they get their their biggest contract of their career and they're on they're at this point and then you try to have two or three superstars and to get two or three superstars you have to have a lot of money because they they are worth what the market provides and that's a shit ton of money but the NBA and the, the as an organization allowed it to happen for and they allowed this parity for every team every team has the same salary cap and you see where the NBA allowed these every team the opportunity to build a squad, a, a super squad. And there were a couple teams that have done it really well. You know, Golden State, um, Houston at one point was pretty decent at doing that. Um, you see the Nets, they tried doing it with Harden and Durant and Kyrie. Now you see Philadelphia, they have Embiid and Harden. Um, Golden State when they had Clay and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, um, but I think that was brought about and and it didn't injure the popularity of the league. You didn't see what we're seeing in the NFL now in terms of like your best player at a in a, a in a skill group or a position group requesting to be traded so frequently. Because of monetary reasons and, and, and whatnot, like we're seeing in the NFL, the NBA didn't have that because the, 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 the salary cap was so high, it jumped so astronomically that you were able to build these contracts and not put yourself real in a salary, a salary like hell for the, the length of these contracts, which were usually like four or five years. What we're seeing in the NFL now is, is the players are wanting essentially astronomically high numbers and salary, but the NFL as an organization is not moving the salary cap to a point that um, you can sustain paying players large sums of money and stay under the salary cap. Uh, it's one thing, I think the salary caps are about even 200 something million dollars. Um, I think the NFL this year is 208, the NBA somewhere around that. And, and obviously the difference can be in the NBA you have like 15 players on your team and usually like your top, your starting core gets to high dollars and your maybe some of your bench players, your role players gets a decent contract. But, you know, a lot of the guys like rank 7 through or well, 10 through 15 on the roster, they're usually on like one-year vet minimums or – 10-day contracts, and they just keep, you know, um, league minimum deals. So you don't have to pay every player max money because a lot of your players at the end of your bench are, like, rookies or second-round draft picks or undrafted players who shined in uh, summer league. Whereas on the in the NFL, you have to have 53 players and stay under $208 million a year, which... 
can be terrifying when you want when you have a quarterback that needs 50 mil and you need a running back that wants 20 mil and you need a wide receiver you know a wide receiver that wants 25 million hell right there's almost 100 million and that's just three players and so that's the thing is the NFL is going to have to adjust the salary cap to um resemble the wants and needs of the players or the players are going to have to calm down and realize that if you want to win a Super Bowl, you might have to take a little bit of a pay cut. And I think in the NFL, we see now that the players have more power on where they play, how much money they get, um, the role they play with the team, how uh, what formations they play they have more power overall in the game of football than the players and the players association has ever had in any time in NFL history you, you've seen this offseason like really random trades that you wouldn't think would happen um Tyreek Hill going to Miami uh Deshaun going to Cleveland um to name a, few, a couple, you see Khalil Mack going to the Chargers and Devontae Adams going to Las, Las Vegas. Um, and, and I think the issue is, is not necessarily that the owners are stingy with their money and they don't want to pay these players. Obviously, you want to keep stars, and that's why the 49ers are wanting a King's Ransom. And that's why it took forever for Deshaun to get traded. And that's why um, Devontae, you know, they had to give up a first-round pick for him. Like, you know, these players, are you're still going to get what you need to trade him. Um, but, you know, Devontae, I think he wanted out. I think he wanted out. He knew his time in Green Bay was run over. Aaron Rodgers has, he's going to want his money. He's not going to take a, a hit in cap. He's going to want to try and win a Super Bowl. And so he wasn't going to get his payday in Green Bay. And he knew that. And I think the funny thing is, is like, I can't tell you the specific season where like the, where the, the um, narrative changed. But, like, remember, like, when Le'Veon Bell, he sat out that, that entire season that one year. He had, like, an MVP-level season. The next year, he was on his final year of his deal, and he sat out playing for Pittsburgh. Um, he was, like, the last player, I think, that sat out or threatened not to play, threatened not to show up to workouts, and didn't... And it didn't benefit him. It actually hurt him. Now he's out of the league. Now he's not in the, you know, not a star player anymore. And he was one of the last players um, that this this paradigm has shifted a little bit to where the players are now seen as like in the right and the owners are seen in the wrong. But I don't think what the owners have done is any different. I don't think what the players have done is much different. I just think that the mindset of the media, sports media, sports legacy media, and the mindset of like people in general is these owners, if they if they want to keep talent, they need to pay talent. Like you see rumors at like the draft next week that another top wide receiver, Debo or Terry McLaurin or somebody else is going to get traded and uh Moves being made, you like thirty-year-old players like Von Miller getting um, big money contracts like that didn't happen ten years ago, and so it's it's weird the way that this paradigm has shifted, and I want to present to you my case for how to fix it, how how to prevent like teams from 
doing what the New Orleans Saints did, they were kind of casualties of this shift where they had guys like Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas and Drew Brees who, like, the Saints were built to be a, a, a very dominant team, but they paid all these guys, and now they're stuck in this situation to where they can't really get out of it without a lot of dead cap, and, and, and they're at the situation where Breeze is retired, and they're trying to find their quarterback, but they can't really get a top-level guy because, you know, they don't have the money, or they don't have the stars, or they don't have the players to be able to find a star in the making. The Saints have the 18th draft pick. Like, they still have a lot of talent around them, so it's not like they they're going to lose... 85% of their games. It's not like they suck. The Saints are still a really decent team, a really good team, and a, and a subpar division. Um, and so usually draft picks are high, are, aren't are super great. You know, they traded up a, a pick, I think. They traded a couple picks with Philly. Now they have two draft picks, and Philly has two draft picks in the first round. And so the situation's kind of weird. And the, the league in itself is going through this transitional period where I don't know how long the CBA is um, left on this current CBA of the collective bargaining agreement between the league and the Players Association. But honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if we see a lockout in the near future. If, um, because the players are going to want an expanded salary cap. And... I think the state of the NFL has gone in. You've got to do whatever you can in one season. You know, it used to be the 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 mantra of the league, the, the thought process of the league is draft picks. You need to hold on to draft picks and draft talent and scout talent and build players. And, and then once, you, you know, that's a four-year rebuild and then you get good and then you pay them. And a decent amount of money, and you keep these homegrown talent, and that's how you build a super team. Now the thought process, the way that a lot of teams have won Super Bowls, especially the past two seasons with Tampa Bay and Los Angeles, is you trade for star players, pay them what they want, meet, you know, get three or four stars, two or three stars on each side of the ball, and you, you look at what Los Angeles did. They traded for Matt Stafford. They signed Odell Beckham when he got cut from the Browns. They traded for Von Miller or picked him up when he was dropped from um, Denver, I believe it was. And and you have Whitworth. You have Cooper Cup. You have you know a subpar running game. You have really good safeties in Jalen Ramsey or corners with Jalen Ramsey. Um, and so the idea is you trade now. The idea is you have to trade to win the Super Bowl for stars and draft picks. You can sell draft picks for star players. And, and, and building through the draft isn't as much as a necessity now because you got to win the Super Bowl. Now it's not about the three- or four-year rebuild. It's about the instant success that you can get now. And I think in the long term, the Rams, you would have to say win the trade with the Lions because Jared Goff probably doesn't stay with the Lions past this year or next year. And so he's gone. He might be out of the league or in a backup role. And Matt Stafford might have three more seasons with the Rams. So who wins that deal? If the Rams can get another Super Bowl and win two and four or whatnot, you know, 
that's they've won that trade even if whatever they've given up, I think it was just quarterback for quarterback, or maybe Detroit got an extra pick. I'm not 100% sure on that end of the bargain. Um, <laughs> but there's no way that you can say Detroit has won that trade because Matt Stafford has a Super Bowl and Jared Goff gave him a really bad performance, and he's probably going to get removed from there. You see Indianapolis, they tried this, and they, they put all their chips in with Carson Wentz, and they didn't even make the playoffs, even with Jonathan Taylor. And you see Tampa Bay. They won a Super Bowl because they got Brady and Gronkowski, and then they built a team around them. But it's it, you have to pay these guys. And I think the, the mindset of the owners in the league is we're going to draft really good superstars, use them for their rookie deal, and then ship them off to teams that are willing to take the cap, the, the cap hit for the new contract that they want. Unless it's a quarterback. Patrick Mahomes... He's locked in Kansas City for as long as he wants to be there. Josh Allen, he'll be locked in Buffalo however long he wants to be in Buffalo. Um, Justin Herbert, he'll get his money. Um, and that, I think I agree with Colin Coward that quarterback is the one position that I'd rather overpay and lock down a really good quarterback than not pay and lose a stud because you need a quarterback to be successful in the NFL. You can have really good wide receivers, but if you have a really bad quarterback, you're not going far in the league. But we see now the wide receivers are the talk of the town with Tyreek getting traded and Debo wanting to get traded and Devontae getting traded and Tyreek getting traded and all of these changes and Odell wanting money so the Browns cut him and Jarvis Landry getting cut. And there's a lot of wide receivers that want number one money But owners don't want to pay wide receivers big money. You look at this. I think Terry McLaurin could be the next casualty of this. You look at Stephon Diggs. He got his deal because Stephon Diggs is willing to stay in Buffalo. He wants to retire in Buffalo. I think Stephon Diggs could have gotten more money than he got elsewhere, but he wants to stay in Buffalo. That's what I'm saying. Players have the ability now, the the power now to say, I want to play for this team. So if if they want to give me um, X amount of dollars – you know, I'll stay. I might take a little bit of a discount, but I need my money. But I, I want to stay in Buffalo. So whatever Buffalo offers me, as long as it's reasonable to where I am, I'll backload the hell out of this contract to keep us salary compliant as long as I get my money. You take a look at that Von Miller deal. Von Miller, I, I honestly think deep down in his heart, wants to play for Buffalo. And you look at his contract where it's a six-year deal worth $120 million on, you know, on the in the entirety, but if you actually look at the contract details, it's literally a three-year deal with $55 million guaranteed in the first three years, and then the back half of his contract, the other $70 million, is, is all on an, uh, a, a contract option, meaning after three years, there's no money guaranteed, and uh, so the Bills could say after year three, Vaughn, we're done. We don't want you anymore, and we don't owe you the $70 million. So you're getting your 55 that's guaranteed, but the rest, we're not going to pay you. We're not, we're not going to keep you best of luck on your future endeavors. So a lot of teams now are going to have to be creative with how they book the contracts. And I think we're in a situation in the league right now where – I don't think the owners are, are were prepared for this, to be honest. I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs wanted to get a Tyreek Hill. Sure, they got a first-round draft pick for it. They got two first-round two picks in the end of the first round this year. Um, and they could get a really good wide receiver to 
to replace Tyreek, but he's Tyreek is the fastest man in the league. You don't get rid of him under normal circumstances. But he wants big money, and the Chiefs are notorious for not really paying top dollar for players. You think of Washington. They're the same. That's why I think Terry McLaurin, as much as Washington fans might fear it, he, he'll play this year for you. But I don't know if next year when his contract is over or he's ready to get his money, if, if y'all don't just trade him away at the draft next year. You know, especially with this quarterback situation, and you need a top quarterback. If there's a team at the front of the pack that is willing to trade a first or second or third overall pick, and you're, say, sixth or seventh, and you have Terry McLaurin, and you say, you know what, we'll give you Terry McLaurin, we'll give you, um, you know, we'll give you Terry McLaurin, we want your pick, that way we can get two first-round picks, we can get us a quarterback, and we can get us a wide receiver to replace Terry McLaurin. I think that's within the um, realm of possibility now because the wide receiver position, they've been arguing about getting their money for the past 10, 15, you know, 5 to 10 years now. You know, Odell was the first guy. And, and you know, remember Jimmy Graham saying he's technically a wide receiver playing tight end, so he wants wide receiver money. And that whole beef, and he he went and got his wide receiver money in Seattle and was a total failure there. And, you know, now he's like tight end number two in Chicago um, behind Cole Komet. Um, But I don't know. I don't know where the league goes. I do think the NFL has to realize, or the owners have to realize, that you can't pay everyone. And so the players have to realize, if you want to play on a really good team that's not in cap hell, that'll give you money, you might have to take a little bit of a cut in what you want. I think quarterbacks are overpaid as, as hell right now. I, I, I love the Buffalo Bills. I'm a Buffalo Bill fan. You all know that. I think they overpaid for Josh Allen. But who the hell wouldn't overpay for Josh Allen? He's one of the best quarterbacks in football right now. And he's going to get you to the playoffs every fucking year for the rest of his goddamn career. So yeah, you overpay for fucking Josh Allen. Yeah, you fucking overpay for Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and maybe Trevor Lawrence if he can get, you know, we'll see what he does this year. The Jacksonville Jaguars have bought every fucking offensive player known to man. They have weapons now. Trevor Lawrence has no excuse in year two with a really good quarterback mentor and Doug Peterson as his head coach. If Trevor doesn't take the next step, he might be out of Jacksonville next year. Like, that's a very good possibility with how deep I think next year's quarterback class is. If Trevor Lawrence doesn't play out, you could see a team like Washington say, you want Terry McLaurin? Give us Trevor Lawrence. Give us another pick. We'll give you Terry McLaurin. You have you a number one wide receiver that you can match with a new quarterback. You want Terry McLaurin. We'll give you Terry McLaurin. If you give us Trevor, we'll give you... Um, our first-round pick and Terry McLaurin for Trevor Lawrence because we need a quarterback, you need a wide receiver. Once you give us your quarterback, you're now going to need a quarterback, and that's where that pick comes into play. That's something I really could see as a realm of possibility for Washington. If Trevor doesn't step up, I could see him leaving Jacksonville. There's a lot of things that my like ten, five years ago, I would laugh if you say Tyreek Hill gets traded this offseason. I would have laughed until it happened. Debo Samuel, I didn't think he would leave. San Francisco would be idiotic as hell to fucking trade him. But if he doesn't want to play there, they're going to ship him out and get as much as they can for him. Deshaun Watson sat out a year. Granted, it could have been allegation-related or whatever, and the, the fucking... 
Browns paid a king's ransom for a guy who hasn't played football in a year and a half. So we're at a stage in the NFL where you're going to see these teams try to build super teams for one or two seasons, and then if it doesn't work, they'll sell the farm, get a lot of draft picks, and then do it again in a couple years. You know, they might rebuild for a year or two and get a lot of draft picks, get a lot of talent. That way they can take that talent trade it away for really good superstars at the peak of their career. Um, and that's where the, the, I, th- I think it's doomed to fail. I, I really do think at the end of this collective bargaining agreement, we could see a, a lockout in the NFL because I think the, the owners are not on board for it. I think the Players Association wants their players to get the max amount of money that they can, and the NFL doesn't want to jump the salary cap to a number that will help teams build teams that can be sustained by the numbers the players are asking for. And so I think the biggest thing that has to be figured out in between the time the collective bargaining agreement ends is that the NFL owners and the NFL Players Association needs to say, let us us go through the rest of this collective bargaining agreement, and then we can come to a number that we can fit the salary cap to. I think that has to be a pressing point. Um, I just, I'm shocked, you know, Debo Samuel, one of the most versatile players in the league, Tyreek Hill, the most versatile wide receiver in the league, fastest guy in the league, I think, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to, you know, a lot of teams are trying to build teams and you look like the Dolphins, they're like, we need to match speed with speed with Buffalo, you know, Buffalo has Stefan Diggs, they have Gabe Davis, who seems to be, you know, a star in the making, um, they need to, they have Josh Allen, so let's get Tyreek Hill and, and, you know, let's play a game of chess with our own division and see if we can not knock him down and win the division this year. And so Buffalo's playing this game where you're like, you know what, we're just going to overpay Von Miller just to, you know, just because we need a guy that can get to the quarterback. That's what will win us games. If we can get a guy that's a playmaker that can make plays when the game is on the line and 13 seconds are on the line before overtime – to stop the fucking Chiefs, that's the goal for the Bills. The Bills' goal is we gotta top the Chiefs. We gotta get past the NFC Championship or the AFC Championship game, and we gotta get to the goddamn Super Bowl and win the goddamn Super Bowl because the city of Buffalo wants a Super Bowl. Miami, we gotta get by the Bills, so we gotta do whatever we can to get by the Bills. And so, what happens? Let me know what you think. Comment down below. Like, share the podcast. Let me know what you think, guys. The state of the NFL, are we going to see a lockout coming after this CBA? I think we will. We'll have to see. We'll have to let it play out. The draft is next week. I hope to have one more final mock draft, um, first-round mock draft done before the draft next Thursday. Um, Who's the first overall pick in your opinion? Let me know in the comments. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to this. Follow me at Twitter at WeAreOffTheRec. I'm James Beatley, and we are off the record. This is James, host of the Off the Record podcast, and I want to thank you all personally for listening to today's show. Um, If you liked what you heard and you want to hear more, make sure to give us a follow on whatever um, podcast format that you listen to. If that's Anchor, you can follow us there. You can follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, And make sure to give us a follow on our Twitter page, at WeAreOffTheRec. 
Um, that's where we post the podcast and occasionally when I do get time to post um, like blog posts, they'll go on that website um, or that Twitter page too. Um, so give us a follow there on Twitter. Again, that's at we are off the wreck. Speaking of that website, give a give a look to weareoffthereck.wordpress.com. That's you can find the podcast there. You can find all of our articles, um, and that is a good tool to figure out all the content that's being dropped here on the we um, on the Off the Record podcast. Again, I'm James, your host. I I appreciate you guys for taking the time, spending a half hour or so listening to me ramble on, um, and uh, have a good have a good week. And until the next episode. We out.